understand that and to not just wait till we get to church on Sunday morning. How many of you know we ought to praise him like this all week long? How many of you know every day you ought to get up praising him? Every day you ought to get up praising him. Now, what an awesome God we serve and how wonderful it is to be in his house this morning. Appreciate you being here, uh, battling the bad weather that's going on. I, I'm just glad that you're here and trust the Lord's just going to meet with us this morning in a very, very special way. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of God's word this morning? I'm going to ask you to turn with me, if you will, to the book of 2 Thessalonians, Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica. Turn, if you will, please, to 2 Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 1, then we're going to read just a few verses out of chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, give you just a moment to turn there. We're going to begin reading with verse 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, let's begin reading with verse 7. I want you to listen very closely to these words. They are encouraging words to the church and certainly encouraging words to us today. And to you who are troubled. Let me just stop there a minute. Anybody in here been troubled this week? Anybody come here this morning may be troubled a bit in your spirit. To those who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of our Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Now turn over to chapter 2. Let's begin with verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither in spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God trying to show himself that he is God. Remember not that when I was told you or with you, I told you all of these things. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We bless you for the promises we have that one day you are coming back to this earth again and you're going to make all things right. You're going to spare and deliver and set free all that call on your name. 
So Father, I just pray this morning that you will grant through this message that we will find new hope, that we will find fresh courage to press on and to be and do everything that you want us to be and do. Father, bless you this morning. We bless your holy name. And I just pray now that you'll anoint your servant, grant to us the ability to do what you ask us to do and what only you can help us do through the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We meet here today against the backdrop of some of the darkest days that America has known in a long, long time. We're troubled today as individuals. We're troubled as a nation. We are troubled as a world. And everyone seems to be asking the same questions. Everybody seems to be asking, where do we go from here? Everybody seems to be asking, what do you think is going to happen next? Don't you just feel that we're living in that kind of day? Everybody's wondering what, what's happening, what, what, what happens next, where do we go from here? We're living, as I said, in a world that is just troubled on every hand and on every side. The people of Paul's day were facing similar circumstances. When Paul wrote this second letter to the church at Thessalonica, that church was somewhat feeling some of the things that we feel and are wrestling with today. Someone that, first of all, they were under severe persecution. The church of Paul's day were being persecuted on every hand. Not only that, but somebody had actually written a forged letter under Paul's name to the church. They had actually gotten a letter supposedly from Paul saying that the rapture had already taken place and they were living in the tribulation period. They were actually existing under that lie. They were actually trying to operate as a church believing that Paul had told them, well, Christ has already come. And so they were wrestling and struggling with, well, where are we? Well, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? You, you, you can, well, what if we gathered here this morning actually believing for some reason that Christ had already come? How would we be feeling? What would we be thinking? I know what I'd be thinking, Lord, how in the world did I miss it? What did I not do? Can, can you imagine what, what would just be raging through our minds and raging through our systems if we believed what the church at Thessalonica was believing because of the false letter that they had received from the Apostle Paul? They were suffering. They were suffering. They were struggling. And so the great apostle opens this second letter to the church at Thessalonica 
by addressing the concerns that they had. And I believe this is a letter that is so applicable for us today. Now, we don't believe the rapture has taken place, but we certainly are a church and a people in this world that's just full of all kinds of questions. We're living in days of trouble. We're living, if we're not careful, in days of fear and days of trembling, and we're wondering what in the world is going to happen next. And we're kind of like the people of Paul's day. Well, let's look at what he has to say to them and let's just translate it and move it right back over. I believe it's what Paul would say to every one of us this morning. <laughs> I believe if the apostle Paul was here and living in this world and, and, and living under the climate we're living under, I believe Paul would say the very same things to us that he said to the church at Thessalonica. So let's look at what he says and draw courage from it. He says, first of all, I love this one, you need not be disturbed. <laughs> Can I just tell you this morning, we don't need to be disturbed. I don't know what that does to you, but that does something to my spirit. No, knowing the days we're living in, knowing the trouble that surrounds us on every side, knowing what we feel like we could face just any day, how comforting is it to hear the word of God telling us we don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be disturbed. In verse seven of this first chapter, listen to what Paul says. He says, to you who are troubled, rest with us. Anybody here troubled this morning? If so, then let me tell you, just rest. Just rest. You ain't got anything to worry about. <laughs> If you're ready to meet him now, if you're not ready to meet him, you've got plenty to worry about. But if, you, but if you know him and you're at peace with him, you don't have anything to worry. Paul says to you who are troubled, rest with us. And then in chapter two and verse two, he says, do not be shaken in mind or be troubled. Don't be shaken in your mind. Don't, don't, don't let any, you remember that old song, I forget who sang it, but, but you remember that old song you sang, I'm all shook up? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't got that in my notes, I don't know what brought that to my mind. But you remember singing that song, we're all shook up. Well, we laugh, but do you know how many people in this world this morning live every day of their lives all shook up? You know how many people in this day that we're living in, and maybe some in here this morning, if we were just truthful, we are troubled, we are shaken, we, we are troubled in our spirits because of everything we see going on. But the apostle says to us, you need not be disturbed. To those of us who know this blessed book, we know that we've got nothing to fear. That, that's why we don't need to be disturbed. What, what would you be disturbed over if you know him? Don't you know everything's gonna work out all right? That don't mean you don't hit some rough spots in the road. Every now and then I'm talking to the Lord and I, this thing's going on my, and I'll say, Lord, I'm in a little bumpy place right now. He knows what that means. You know what it means. 
You ever been in a bumpy place? <laughs> you ever just been in one of those times that, that somehow you, 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 just, you, you just didn't feel safe? But I want you to remember something this morning. You get in that place, you get in that time, remember the words of Jesus. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The apostle goes on to declare, he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's not given us the spirit of fear. You don't need to be afraid this morning. In fact, you know that 365 times this book says, fear not. Do you know that somewhere in these pages, if you just search them and count them, 365 times this Bible says, fear not. You know what that means? That means that every day of my life, I can get up every morning and pick up a fresh fear not out of his word, tuck it in my heart, and walk out the door knowing I ain't got nothing to fear. <laughs> I don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't have anything to be afraid Paul says you need not be disturbed. You don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be afraid. Paul goes on in this text to give us the ultimate reason why we don't need to be afraid. He gives us the ultimate reason why we don't need to fear. He says because soon the Lord Jesus is going to be revealed from heaven. How many of you know we don't need to be afraid because one of these days soon the Lord's going to come. One of these days soon the trumpet's going to sound. One of these days the Lord's going to appear and therefore we don't have anything to be afraid of for the Lord is going to reveal himself from heaven and he's coming to get us. He's coming to get us. We know this thing is going to end right. Yeah, how many of you know when you know things are going to end right, you ain't got nothing to worry about? You ever started to do something and you just knew that you knew how to do it? I mean, there's some things you can do and it's just a second nature. There's some things you can do and you don't have to worry about having to do it. You, you, you don't have to worry about how am I going to do it. You don't have to worry about anything because you know. You know how to do it. When you're like that, you don't have anything to be afraid of. We know how this thing's going to end. The bottom line is this. If you know him today, you don't need to run around with headline hysteria. You don't need to run. I don't care what they say on CBS and NBC and anything else you can dig up. I don't care what they say. You don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't know, isn't that comforting this morning to know that we don't need to be disturbed? Quit worrying about what the world is coming to and start thinking about who's coming to this world. Amen? Amen. Quit worrying about what's going to happen next and think about who's coming next. <laughs> That's what Paul says to the church. He says, you need not be afraid. You don't need to be disturbed. Just keep your mind on who's coming. And when he gets here, everything is gonna be all right. 
So Paul says to the church and says to us this morning, first of all, you don't need to be, you don't need to be disturbed. But then the second thing he says is, and this part is a little bit of a warning to us, he says you should not be deceived. Don't you be disturbed and you should not be deceived. Look at what he says in the third verse of that second chapter. He says, let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you. Then he, and then he breaks it down. Not by word. How many of you know there's all kinds of voices you're hearing these days? How many of you know that there's just, I've about got to where I don't even want to turn on the TV anymore because I know what kind of junk I'm going to be hearing. I know everybody, it's doom and gloom and misery. Who's who's firing these missiles and who's doing this? Where's it going here and what's gonna happen over here? What's gonna happen over here? Paul says, let no man deceive you, not by word. Don't, Don't pay any attention to all the voices you hear. And then he says, not by spirit. Don't, Don't be disturbed by any spirit. The spirit of that man of sin is already at work. How many of you know that man of sin is already working? That's what's creating all the chaos. That's what's creating all the confusion. He's at work. He's at work. But don't pay any attention to it. Don't be troubled in your spirit. Don't be troubled in your spirit. When I was in, we were in Bible college a number of years ago. Dr. Beecham was our teacher there. And what a man he was. I've never... I've never said unto anybody. He was on up in age then. And that man, he he taught the Bible classes. He'd come in in the morning like like the book of Romans. How many of you know it's hard for me to still read the book of Romans now sometimes and understand it. But Dr. Beecham come here, we'd be studying Romans. He'd lay his Bible up on the stand. He'd say, all right, turn, we're we're down to chapter three, such and such. And I'd look for him to open his Bible. He wouldn't open it. He'd just stand there and start quoting Romans. I can't hardly read Romans. He could quote Romans. I mean, you don't, you, you don't get much better than that. Well, I better get off that. But, but the thing that I remember, well, one of the things I remember, by the number of things I remember, well, one of the things I remember is every now and then he'd come up on something that would trigger it And he would say to us students, students, you better be careful. Don't you get messed up. Don't you get mixed up. Don't you get bothered by the spirit of this age. How many times do I remember him talking about the spirit of this age? The spirit of this age. You know what kind of spirit has been let loose on this? Man, he was talking about this, what, 50, 60 years ago? I can't remember how far back back I was now, but back then he was talking about the spirit of this age. I wonder if he's alive today what he'd be thinking about the spirit of this age. But I remember he, he'd warned us students. I, I bet we heard him in those three years. I, I bet we heard him a thousand times say, say something about the spirit of this age. Don't you let the spirit of this age get a hold of you. Don't you let the spirit of this age 
Don't you let the spirit of this, this age deceive you. Paul said you should not be deceived. Don't be deceived by any of these things. Then Paul tells us why. He says because Jesus is coming soon to take away his church. <laughs> How many of you know I don't need to be deceived? I don't need to get tied up in all this stuff because I know what's about to happen any day, any time, any hour. The trumpet's gonna sound. The Lord's gonna come. I'm gonna leave this world. I don't have anything to be worried about this morning. And I don't need to let anything or let anybody deceive me. I don't need to be disturbed and I should not be deceived. I should not be deceived. The Lord's gonna come and the man of this world, the Antichrist, gonna turn this world upside down. He's going to mark everybody. Hell on earth is going to come. But in the meantime, we're gonna be with him. We're going to be with him. We don't have anything to worry <laughs> Folks, do you hear what I'm telling you this morning? We just don't have anything to worry about. Look at your neighbor and say, quit worrying. Just quit worrying. What you got to worry about? The Lord's coming. Oh, what have you got to worry about? <laughs> Why do you let yourself be deceived? Our Lord is coming. I don't need to be disturbed. I didn't, don't need to be deceived. I don't have to be because he's coming. He's coming and everything's gonna be all right. And then the third thing this text tells us, I should not be disturbed. I should not be deceived. And then Paul says thirdly to us as a church and to the church at Thessalonica, he says, for you will not be disappointed. <laughs> oh, what a message. <laughs> you don't need to be disturbed. You should not be deceived. And one of these days, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Look at that second chapter in verse eight. Paul says, for the Lord will consume that wicked one with the spirit of his mouth. He will destroy him with the brightness of his coming. You know what the Lord's telling, what Paul's telling us there and the Lord's telling us through Paul, this man of sin, this old man, this man that's stirring up all this fear and stirring up all this anxiety and stirring up all this trouble, you know what's gonna happen to him one of these days? He's going to be destroyed by the brightness of our Lord's coming. He's going to be destroyed. I'm telling you folks, we're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. Do not be, you will not be in the end, you will not be disappointed. You know what Paul's telling us here? He's telling us that Satan's days are numbered. How many of you know Satan's days are numbered? The days of darkness that are surrounding us will not be here forever. The days of darkness that's surrounding us, they're numbered too. They're number two. Hell is gonna have its heyday. The devil's gonna have his heyday. The Antichrist, when he gets here for, for, for just a little brief period of time, one of these days, it's all gonna be over. 
One of these days, it's all gonna be over. Paul speaks about it in verse one. He talks about here, our gathering unto him. He says, he tells us why. He tells us why here that we don't need to be disappointed because one day we're gonna be gathered unto him. He's gonna gather us. We, how many of you know one of these days we're not gonna be disappointed? How many of you know one of these days we're going to be glad every Sunday morning we came to church? We're going to be glad when we got out in the rain to come. We're going to be glad when we laid out. We're going to be glad that we did what we were supposed to do. We're going to be glad. We're going to be glad one of these days. That, that ought to set a fire in every one of us this morning. We're going to be glad. Paul talks about our gathering unto him. Every time I read those words, I go back to when my daddy <coughs> pastored out at Dry Fork, Virginia. <coughs> now, if you don't know where Dry Fork is, you're missing life. It's out in the country from Danville, Virginia. But it's a place called Dry Fork, one of our big churches out there. Dad pastored there for several years before we moved to Mayadan, actually. But I remember something about those years at Mayadan. The parsonage backed up to some woods. There was a wooded area behind the parsonage there and behind the church. And so my mother decided about, I don't know, maybe about a year after we got there, she said to Daddy one day, well, why don't we go out there and spread, uh, fix some wire, fix a wire pen, and let's get some chickens and raise some chickens. We can get eggs from it. It'll furnish us our eggs, furnish us our chickens. Now, how many of you know preachers love chickens? You needn't laugh, some of you do too. So it didn't take mama long to convince daddy to go buy that wire and put the chicken pen up. And we, man, I remember we raised chickens the rest of the time we was there. They furnished us our eggs and chicken. But sometimes some of those chickens would get out of the pen and, they, and they'd get to roaming around the backyard and roaming around up there against the edge of the woods. And I remember one old mother hen, she had a bunch of biddies. She sat on her eggs and got, 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 got a bunch of biddies out of it. And I can still see it in my mind when I, when I hear these words about the Lord gathering us unto himself. I, I remember that, I don't know, there was six or seven of those biddies. And I remember that they'd follow their mother around, man, everywhere mama went, them little old biddies running around behind her. And I noticed something, every time a storm started coming up, you, you'd get to hearing some thunder and the thunder would get near. When the thunder got loud enough and the thunder got near enough, you know what would happen? That old mother hen had stopped. She'd kind of spread her wings out and them little old biddies would disappear under them wings and mama would sit down on them wings and look around up at the storm as if say, now bother them now if you think you can. Every time some animal got loose, every time somebody, something got loose in the yard, that, that shouldn't. Mama would give him old clucking sounds. Him little old biddies would run up under her. They'd get up under her. And Mama would sit down on them and look at whatever it was, that old fox or whatever. She'd say, now bother him. If you, now get him if you can. That's what Paul said to us. One of these days, the Lord's going to come. <laughs> One of these days, the Lord's going to come. And when he comes, when he comes, we're not gonna be disappointed because he's coming as our sovereign king. He's going to destroy that man of evil. He's going to destroy. How many of you know one of these days, 777 is gonna take care of 666? 
777 is going to take care of 666. The Lord's going to gather us unto himself. He's going to say, come on, children, come on. Come on, all you little biddies, come on, come on. Come under my arms, come under my rest, come under me. And let anybody bother you if they can. <laughs> I go to think about that, I just want to go jumping up and down. The Lord is going to take care of us. We need not be, we will not be disappointed. Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter 21. He said, when you see all these things coming to pass, when you see all these things that I've been talking about, all these things that tend to worry us and fret us, and all these things that, 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 that make us do what I said at the first of the message, we're looking at each other saying, what do you think's gonna happen next? How bad do you think it's gonna get? What do you think's gonna happen next? My Lord, what's gonna happen next? When you start doing that, Jesus said, when you see these things come to pass, Get all nervous, get all jerky, lay awake at night worrying about it. That's what he said. No, that's not what he said. That's what a lot of us do. We get all nervous, we get all jerky, we get all worked up, we get all whatever. Isn't that true? But listen to what he said again, we're gonna close. Jesus said, when you see all these things coming to pass, when you see them all happening, what does he say? Look up, lift up your heads, your redemption draweth nigh. When you see all these things, look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing nigh. I started off by talking about the fact that we're so full of fear. There's so much. Everybody's asking, what do you think is going to happen next? What in the world is going to happen next? What in the world is going to happen next? The Lord tells you what to do when that starts. He says, look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. Would you stand with me, please? I believe this morning that there are two ways that we can react to the events that are going on all around us. There are two ways that we can react what's going on in this world today. Two ways. You can react to everything that's going on. You can react to it in fear. You can be afraid. You can be nervous. You can be some of those people running around almost wringing their hands saying, what do you think's going to happen next? What in the world's going to happen next? You can live like that. You can live in fear or you can live in faith. You can live in faith. You can live under the words of the great apostle when he says, do not be disturbed. Do not be deceived. 
for you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Can I encourage you today? Yes, we're living in troubled times. Yes, we're living in dark days. All that's true. There's chaos going on all around us. Yes, but you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be deceived. And one of these days, you won't be disappointed. You just put your hand in his. Oh, hallelujah. You just put your hand in his. make it safely home it's going to be alright I wonder how many of us this morning how many of us before we slip out of here towards home would you like to come and let's just stand around this altar this morning and by faith just reach out and slip our hand in his and say Lord help me not to be afraid anymore come on come on Help me not to be afraid anymore. <laughs> oh, I just feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now. I feel like he's wanting to speak peace to somebody. He's wanting to speak peace into our hearts today. I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know what's going on at your work. I don't know what may be happening. But I know this, you don't need to be afraid you don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be afraid. Just reach out today. Let him, let, let him take your hand. Just reach out today right now. Why don't you just kind of reach out or reach up either way and just say, Lord, take my hand. Take my hand. <laughs> Lord, just take my hand. Let me know I don't have anything to be afraid of. Let me know I don't need to be disturbed. Let me know I don't need to be troubled. I don't need to be troubled. I don't need to be disturbed. I don't need to be disturbed. I don't need to be troubled. Lord, one of these days, I will not be disappointed. <laughs> one of these days, I will not be disappointed because I know you're coming. I know you're coming. Lord, I ask you to bless this people today. Lord, I ask you to bless this congregation. Lord, give them a fresh touch of your spirit, a fresh sense of your presence. Lord, I just pray that you'll fill them up today with a sense of your peace, a sense of your presence. Lord, there's nothing going on in my life today that I need to be afraid of. There's nothing going on in my life that I need to be disturbed about. There's nothing that I need to be disturbed about or troubled about in any way. What a powerful message for us this morning. What a powerful message for us this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. You're free to go. May he keep his hand upon you, keep his grace upon you. Keep you filled up with his spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep your fellowship with one another. Say to somebody, you don't need to be disturbed. You don't need to be disturbed. 